Welcome to Her Story Podcast. Son histoire à elle, un balado bilingue qui met en valeur non seulement le succès des femmes du Québec, mais qui souligne leur pratique et vie de tous les jours. I'll be talking with creative, successful and game-changing women who are inspiring and relatable in the ordinary and extraordinary lives they lead. Jessica Lagnato is an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator. She's the host of the very popular Ghost of a Podcast podcast, and she's been the astrology columnist for some huge publications, including Martha Stewart's Body and Soul, Glamour, The Guardian, New York Times, Refinery29, BuzzFeed, and so many more. She has also been the resident astrologer for Girl Boss Media, where I first encountered her. Jessica has her own show on TLC called Stargazing, and she continues to lecture and work with clients all over the world. She was kind enough to sit down with me on my podcast during her last trip to Montreal. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You had a Montreal experience, didn't you? Oh, oh <laughs> with I With the cabs did. and the Ubers and the construction. Yeah. But you're here. Yeah. There was, there was even cussing. Uh, yeah. I mean, of course, I feel, there's got to be. Yeah. I feel good about it. And we should also uh, just say that you do have a necklace that says Tabarnak. Thank you for it. appreciating. Yeah. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I had it made uh, when Trump was elected. Oh, you had it made. I had it made when right Trump on. was elected. I was just like, there's no word in the English language that can properly describe how I feel. Yeah. Except for Tabernacle. Yeah. There's r- yeah. rarely words in English, but the, the yeah. French the French words seem to hit them right oh, on. Oh, they do. Yeah. So, yeah. so this podcast um, is very sort of uh, Quebec-centric, um, where I interview Quebecois women. Uh, and you happen to grow up in Montreal, yes. so it all works out. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing in Montreal. You went to Dawson. Yeah, I went yeah. to Dawson College. Well, I went to the new school at Dawson mm-hmm. College, which is now gone, I believe. I don't know. Um, I I had a really lucky stint with education at the end of my education in Montreal because I went to Wager High School, which I did not like, um, and on my first day of my last year of high school I walked in and I was just like this is the worst thing and I went to the Peel Pub with my friends afterwards and one of my friends had like signed up for um, Mind which is a high school called Moving in New Directions which again I'm not sure if it still exists it was like (laughs) a single floor across from uh, McGill campus and it was like in an adult education building and um it was an alternative high school and I, you know, called my mother on a payphone, and I was like, can I go to this high school? And she's like, if you can get yourself in, you can do it. Wow. So I contacted the school and I started that week. And so I went to this alternative high school and there I really kind of came into myself and found out about the new school. And that is where I took my first astrology classes and came out and all these kinds of, you know, coming of age moments. And that led me to leave Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it, it was 1994 when I left and it was not, there was no way for me to be an astrologer here. Like it was just not even an option at mm-hmm. the time. But you got, um, you got funny looks yeah. when you said that you're into astrology. I mean, that's an understatement, you know? Yeah. yeah. And horoscopes were limited to like the newspaper written Ex- by exclusively. A, a man. Yeah. 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 Exclusively. People weren't open to it here. And the people who were open to it were, didn't have any money to pay for a consultation. There was yeah. no way for me to like continue education. The only um, esoteric bookstore was predominantly French as well. And, okay. um, you know, je parle un peu de français, mais I'm not at all, uh, you know, bilingual. So that was never going to be an option for me to like study astrology in French. Yeah. So that, that was kind of it. But I, um, I grew up in Snowden neighborhood. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. And, uh, across, across from a park, I was, uh, our duplex was in a little parking lot of a church. Um, there was a mosque on our block. It was just really nice, diverse place that I, you know, I live I live now in Oakland and I've lived in San Francisco for many years and just really there's the diversity in Montreal. It's, I haven't seen it anywhere else. Unprecedented. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It really is. And I feel so grateful, um, to have been raised here, even though I also 
complains about it a great deal as a yeah. child. Well, that's what we all do. As that's Montreal. what we do. Yeah. We, do. we complain about it, but couldn't have it yeah. any other way. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, so, and you still have family here yeah. in Montreal. Do you yeah. come back often? Do you um, to- I used to come back every year, sometimes twice a year, like in the early years yeah. of uh, being gone. But now a little less often. My grandparents are in their 90s. Um, and so I tried, I was here in July and I'm back now. So I'm going to, you know, for as long as they're on this earthly plane, I shall yeah. continue to visit kind of more frequently than I have been for a minute. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 Well, it's so great that you made it here and did an event. Uh, last night you were saying, you were talking about your, your, um, your psychic abilities and your mediumship. And I found it really interesting that you said you only realized that you had this ability when you were in your mid to late 30s? Yes. Yeah. That's freaky. Yeah. People have this idea that it's like obvious and you know. And um, it's based on this misconception of what psychic really is. Yeah. People have this idea that psychic means you know all the things. It's like you walk into the movie theater, you know the beginning and the middle of the end, and you know all the dialogue and all the scenes. It's like when you actually start to think it through, it starts to make no sense, right? Mm -hmm. Because... If I could know all the things in a single moment about all the things, that's not psychic, that's madness. You yeah, know? oh my God, that would drive you insane. You it, couldn't it, You couldn't go on. No, and I'm sure if anyone has that capacity, they're probably in a mental institution because the world is too painful. So mm-hmm. being psychic is more like having an internet connection that's really good. It's mm-hmm. I'm not on all the websites uh, downloading all the data from all the websites or even the website I'm on just because I have good internet. It means I have access, you know? And so the way that it worked for me. And you know, I am a Montrealer. So I was just like, psychic doesn't exist. That's a cute fucking yeah, idea, but yeah. psychic doesn't exist. And I was just like, I didn't believe in anything. I didn't believe in astrology and I still don't. I use it as a tool, but in terms of like the psychic ability, I just really just, I really didn't think it was possible. Hmm. And I can look back now and be like, oh yeah, I was always psychic. I, I always had the a lot of the way that my abilities naturally work is I get information through my body. Mm. So I was physically unwell and in pain a lot, pretty much chronically. Mm. And I just thought I was just had bad luck and was an unhealthy person. But it wasn't that at all. Um, it was that I, that's how I pick up information. And so I never was clearing it. I was never releasing it and it wasn't mine. And as I developed my understanding of my skills, I became amazingly healthier. Wow. Um, and I have... You know, I'm, I'm 44 and I barely have pain. Um, wow. Whereas when I was, you know, 20 or 17, I was in chronic pain. And that's probably what got you into medical astrology, yes, is, which yeah. I want to talk about a little bit yeah. later. When does um, intuition turn into mediumship? That's a great question, isn't it? I mean, I think there are a lot of people who are intuitive who are not psychic. And a lot of people are psychic who are not mediums. And this is the... It's like language fails us around this stuff. Yeah. Partially because of how quick we are to um, dismiss it all. Um, partially because the Jojos um, of the world, which, you know, I have nothing but love for Jojo. It's the first Jojo uh, reference on this podcast. Well, let it not be the last. No, it will not be. I kiss you and I hug you. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I think I think the Jojos and, and the, what, Miss Cleo's um, being psychics and promising things um, has... It's like fed a capitalist, um, honestly, it's fed the religious idea that everything other than organized religion Mm. is quackery, Mm. right? And that really, it serves patriarchy and it serves all these things. Um, I, so there's, there's like many, and I'm not, uh, you know, perfectly well-first at explaining this, but there's clairsentience, which is, um, like having the sense of things, right? There's clairvoyance. It's having the gift of sight. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many different gifts and those are different than psychic and those are different than medium. Mm-hmm. So being a medium is being able to, um, speak with, communicate with the dead. Um, and being a psychic is just having, like I said, that great internet connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I got like psychic wifi, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. just kind of how I think of it. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure if I lost your question here. Did I lose your question? Well, no, you didn't. Um, I, the question was, when does intuition turn into mm. mediumship? It, it doesn't inherently. It doesn't necessarily. And for me, 
they were both always active. I just didn't know it. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if we, I've heard that we all have psychic abilities. That's what I, yeah. Do we really? I mean, that's a good, that's a good question. I, yes and no. So we all have the ability to run a 4k. We all have the ability to sing. We all have the ability to learn, I don't know, trig, right? Yeah. Sure. Cool. I mean, are we all connected to the earth and are we all connected to each other? hundred percent. Fuck yes, we Mm -hmm. are. Um, but for some of us, it's a really strong gift. And for mm-hmm. some of us, we'd have to work really, really hard yeah. to get there. Like, I'm so slow at learning math. I do yeah. not like running. Um, and so I'm not going to be the one who does those things because the amount of effort and energy and drive it would take are not for me. Not worth it, yeah. And that doesn't mean I don't have access to it. So I, I feel that when people say that, in a way, it's an idealizing mm-hmm. of um, spirituality and... I think also it's utterly true. It, it depends on how it's being said and who's saying it in a way. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. And also, uh, there's no... When it comes to this sort of such ingrained and connected and energy work, there's no... We can't force it. We can't right. try yeah. to be a medium. We can't yeah. try to be a psychic because yeah. then you, can you train. sort of lose. You the- can train, but it's, it's this idea of like... Um, yeah, it's the trying is a problem. Yeah. A lot of it... And this is something that is just, a lot of it is just about receiving. It's not about seeking. Mm. It's about receiving. Yeah. You know? Cool. So the, the less, um, the less you're looking for the answer and the more you're uh, present and receiving the answer, the easier your, the psychic shit gets. Yeah. That's like yeah. the words. Yeah. The word. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Uh, so you said that, uh, and I'd heard this before from another psychic uh, about the pain in your body, and yeah. you mentioned briefly that it wasn't yours. And this other psychic said that whenever she would, or sorry, medium, mm-hmm. um, whenever uh, dead people would speak to her or, or appear to her, uh, she would feel immense pain, and it mm-hmm. would take such a toll on her body that she would have to take a break. Mm-hmm. There, you know. So is that sort of what you were feeling? This pain that yeah. wasn't yours. Yeah, people, dead people um, pop in my body. Um, so I actually have worked really hard in the past several years to figure out a different way of getting information. Um, it's a bit slower. I mean, it's not slow, but it's slower than that way. But that's just how it happens for me organically. They pop in. So generally the first thing I'll feel is um, their, the way they died. Yeah. Um, they'll lead with that, which is what that woman was probably experiencing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am particularly attuned to people's pain. So if you're like really joyous because you got this great new uh, job, I'm not going to feel that in my body. But if you're really depressed because you're scared you're going to have to leave your relationship, that I'm going to feel. And that's for the living. But for the dead, yeah, it's a really dangerous, it's physiologically dangerous way of being a medium is letting in a body because think of it in, in really basic terms. If you're, if one is dead and they're going into a living body, what happens is the systems of the physical body of the medium of the person that are, is alive slow down. Yeah. They get colder. It's a weight. So when I do a bunch of mediumship sessions and I get on the scale, I literally weigh more pounds. That's so crazy, It's fucking Jessica. nuts. It's nuts. Um, and yeah, I'll have like really big, weird fluctua- fluctuations in weight depending on the kind of work I'm doing. It's really... Um, really hard on the body but how did you know that that's what was happening mm-hmm. as opposed to it just being chronic pain yeah so it took years so basically what what happened was i'll never forget the first it was my first office outside of the home and i had a client come and this person was just like uh can you speak with my dead mother and i was like no bitch i cannot i can read your birth chart uh, do not be confused yeah. and they were like no seriously i want you to try And I was like, it's your dime, but no, I cannot. And so I just kind of received and it's all very subtle, you know, but, and I was just like, well, I'm just seeing these like bright yellow flowers. I think they were daffodils and, um, they started crying and they were just like, that was her favorite flower. Mm. And so it was just like this, this, um, and then, you know, I just kind of communicated the message and I was just like, 
That was a lucky chance. Yeah. And it went on for a couple of years. Every now and again, I would have a client come in and they would tell me, I, I trust you. I believe you're a psychic. I believe you're a medium. And I'd be like, no, bitch, I'm an astrologer. And then they would be like, no, seriously, I want this. And I'd be like, it's your dime. Mm-hmm. And then it would work. And every time I was certain that it was a coincidence or that they were reading too much into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people would tell me that they thought I was psychic, I'd be like, you don't know what an astrologer is. I'm just that good. Mm-hmm. And while that may be true, uh, also the other one was true. They were right. Um, I was psychic. So, um, it was years into that. Um, and I started to realize I really wasn't able to talk to dead people. And when I was able to realize that I was just like, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what I'm feeling is not mine. And then I started to understand I was psychic and that I was feeling because I would be in session with people and I was seeing five, six clients a day. So I was seeing a lot of people and I'd be in session with people and I would feel physically sick all the time. So when I was working, I would just feel awful and I would just do what anyone does at work. I would power through. And so I started not powering through. I started listening to what was happening and pausing and being like, how's your stomach? If my stomach was upsetting. And then it was always their fucking problem. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, the feeling went away. Wow. And it then I would be able to like be out with friends and be like, okay, who at the table has a fucking headache? Could you please drink some water? You're ruining my life. And to this day with my partner, who it's harder for me to have boundaries with, you know, when he it drives me nuts. He exercises a lot. He likes to exercise. He enjoys being sore later. I fucking hate being sore. Oh, wow. I am sore all the time because this dumbass keeps on exercising. <laughs> I'm like, can't you be more lazy? What is wrong with you? Uh, but he refuses. So anyways, uh, yeah. So it, it, it kind of took years. And at a certain point, I, um, I had to quit smoking weed. I had to put it away. Um, I had to like make choices to let go of certain behaviors um, to keep yourself healthy mm-hmm. and going and yeah. doing the work that yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was just, it's a choice. And I think anytime anyone has a passion that they want to structure their lives around and any kind of major goal, you have to let things go. You have yeah. to make sacrifices for it. And, um, I haven't sacrificed anything, uh, that I wasn't happy to sacrifice, even yeah. if I wasn't happy about it in the minute. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but the, as I've kind of developed greater ownership, an understanding of my psychic ability and my mediumship abilities. Um, I, my, my personal life and my, my relationship to my body gets a lot easier. For sure. Yeah. 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 And, um, going back to the mediumship, is it now something that you can switch on and switch off? Majoritively. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, uh, I'll never forget. I was on a first date with someone once and we went to a, a, I mean, I don't want to make myself sound as, as I am, but here I am. Uh, here, here we are, and here you go for it. <laughs> well, yeah, we have what we have, my friend. So I was on a date with this person, and uh, we went to a park, and we were like walking through the park, and we like sat down, and it was like going to be this moment where we made out, and I was oh, there was a dead guy on the fucking bench, and so I was just like, ah, it's ruining my life, and and it was at that moment, I remember that moment of just being like, I have got to be able to do a better <laughs> job of not being so present for that and so I kind of got better at working out that stuff that said there are neighborhoods that I can't go to um because like there's this place um nearby to where I live and it is sacred Native American uh, I think it was a burial site it was a sacred native land and every time I go there I get physically sick Mm -hmm. Uh, the last time I went they're doing all this extra construction and I was vomiting for hours afterwards, oh, like sick. Well, yeah. Um, so there's there's sites of great pain, mm-hmm. and that's a lot harder for me to have separation from than individual people with mm-hmm. pain. Um, but it's something that I, yeah, I turn off and on a lot. But when I'm in session, it's kind of like my guys are like, all right, let's do this. Like, yeah. who's, who's here? Right. It's it's just when I'm trying to like do my groceries yeah. or whatever, you know. Um, that's where that that's where you know I, I want to keep everybody out. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You very much. And yeah. I and I'm not a peeping tom, so I don't psychic people without their permission. Uh, majoritively, sometimes I pick up on things. Um, last night in the audience, for for some random reason, there was two people that I just picked up on stuff about, um, but only two, so that was great. And um, yeah, I just I I try really hard 
to mind my own business for yeah. my own sanity as much as for Absolutely. other people's privacy. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole other level of being an empath. I mean, yeah. it's like beyond meta, meta yeah. empathetic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> like I'm an empath and yeah. sometimes I find that really difficult. I can't like, that's yeah. uh but you seem to be able to really harness those gifts if you may which mm-hmm. may not have seemed to be gifts yeah. at the yeah. at the time that you didn't know what they were yeah, but now absolutely. you're able to control them I think it's just like any other <clears throat> muscle it's because I use it so frequently I have greater control over it people who are empaths are deeply empathetic and their lifestyle is pretty muggleish you yeah. know what I mean um you have less control over the muscle so yeah. it's not that you're more or less empathetic than someone like me who's who's like intentionally using it and structuring my whole life around it. Yeah. It's that I have prioritized and practiced, um, which is, you know, it's a whole fucking thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's yeah. taken time, right? Lots and it's of time. And, and yeah. it's been a muscle and yeah. hard and Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also part of why I'm I mean, I'm I'm very out about my age for many reasons. But one reason is I also think if you're like listening and you're listening to my words or you're reading my work and you're seeing me talk about stuff and you're in your 20s or even your 30s mm. and you're like, why aren't I like that? It's like, well, trust me, I wasn't like that when I was younger too. Yeah. It's like there's also something that happens in middle age um, where we have, you know, not everybody, but you know, you have the capacity if you're doing the work for the work to accumulate over time. And Absolutely. I think that that's a really important component to it as well. Yeah. We're definitely like our bodies are a bit of a storehouse of, of experience. Yeah. And unless you have experience where you fucked up and done the same shit over and over and over again. Yeah. And then finally the, that 15th, thousandth time you decide oh actually i'm gonna make another decision yeah, to change but it has this to happen at the 15,000th time that's exactly that's it thing, yeah. yeah it's it's uh <clears throat> this is why i don't fear i mean I, I fear some parts of aging of course but like aging is not to be feared it's i agree and it's also don't compare yourself to someone who's got 15 years on you or 30 years on you yeah like it's nuts it's not you know you will get there like yeah. you will you will get there uh, if you do the work if you do the work yeah yeah, yeah. um so I'm someone who dabbles in astrology. Mm-hmm. I would consider myself a beginner or maybe a beginner plus, but I don't mm-hmm. even know enough to even know what a beginner plus is. So let's say beginner. Okay. And I've just found out recently the past few months what my moon sign is. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so this is what I understand. And you really broke it down on your podcast, Ghost of a Podcast, for me once. And it, it was like that light bulb that lit up. And I was like, oh, that's what the birth chart is all about. So, the, okay, so let me break it down. So, um, so if I were to have my birth chart read, you're not just looking at the sun sign. You're not just looking at me as a Leo or the rising sign or the moon. You're looking at everything with conjunctions and trines, all those things that have a, a huge effect on, on my habits and what I need to go through in this earthly life Mm -hmm. and in this body and the lessons that I have to go through to learn. Mm -hmm. So the birth chart isn't, it's a, it's like a tool. For example, if I'm going through, if I constantly fuck up with money, 50, (laughs) asking for a friend, (laughs) but if I constantly fuck up with money 15,000 times, it'll probably show up be in my birth chart 100%. as the thing that I need to go through. As is one, that, at least one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this yeah, absolutely. Yeah. the birth it's, chart it, it's, The birth chart, think of it as your hard drive to your computer, okay. right? Everyone comes in with a hard drive, and but in my metaphor, there's more than like a PC and a Mac. Let's just imagine there's more. Um, so you have this hard drive, and it predisposes you towards uh, being reared in certain conditions um, and having a certain set of responses to those conditions. And having specific kinds of things happen to you at specific times. Okay. Um, and it does not rob you of your free will. You can download programs, including viruses. You can ignore those programs. You can use one and not another, right? So it's yeah. like, if you think of it that way. Um, and yes, it is all the planets and the mathematical relationship between them is aspects, which is trines and conjunctions and oppositions and yada, yada. Um, and... The birth chart is this amazing tool for understanding your nature, your bullshit, and the timing of what's happening to you now and in the past and what's yet to come. Okay. Um, and it's, I mean, so useful. Yeah. And the more that I'm discovering, it seems quite delicious mm-hmm. in the sense of 
just um just getting a, a better grasp on on perhaps what's to come I think we're in this like such a forward moving I need to know kind of thing so yeah. I can control my behavior or whatever but yeah. but but in that sense it is really interesting and it's I don't know the way that I see it at the moment and I'd love to get your opinion on it is that we're all searching for something right mm-hmm. and and we're all looking for connection and I feel like it's right now the way that I'm looking at astrology is is a a bit a, a, more than entertaining and fun way to grasp and to be comforted. Yeah. Like I feel at times I need comfort and I need reassurance mm-hmm. that I'm okay and yeah. that it's all going to be okay. And if I have a picture of what's going on, I c- I can use that and I can harness it. Yeah, yeah. I also wonder why why astrology. When there's so many things, and is there a science behind it? Mm-hmm. Is it a, is it an accumulation of mythology? What what's yeah. astrology? I mean, if you think of it in really simple terms, you're an organism. The Earth is an organism. So are all of the planets, and they exist in this organism of the solar system. Mm-hmm. And this idea that we have that we are separate that we are separate from earth, that we are separate from the sun and from the dirt and from the air is hubris. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. human. Yeah. And why is it that we are impacted by the movement of the air and the wind? Mm-hmm. That seems really physical. Here we are in Montreal because it's fucking freezing. That's mm-hmm. why we're impacted. Mm-hmm. That's material. So I believe it. I believe that the wind and the sun or the lack of sun, if we're looking at today, means something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know that it means that everyone's going to be in a rush to get somewhere on the streets. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we, we, it, it's literal. It's so easy to see. But because you don't see Mercury, because you don't understand what the implications of it are in the same way you understand what wind is and Mm. the implications of wind or sun. Um, It seems really theoretical. It seems really just, it it seems ridiculous. But who said or where, like what's the science behind uh, Saturn being Uh, the heavy presence Mm -hmm. or Pluto being the... So, so I don't know that science is quite the right word, um, because it's not exactly a science, is it? Neither is psychology though. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, astrology predates any religion because for as long as there's been stars and humans, there's been astrology Mm -hmm. and, um, the mythology and the roots of it, um, other astrologers will be able to tell you, I'm a the sky is blue because it's blue kind of girl. I learn the rules. I use the rules. I don't think twice. Um, but I think it's a very important question and one worth investigating. But really, it's like, I mean, and this is something I always like to say to people because it's, you know, if you, if you come from a Christian background or a Jesus-loving background, the three wise men were astrologers. They weren't looking at the stars like it is in the, in the pictures for children. They were looking at charts. Right. They were predicting the birth of a child based on the time and location. Yeah. That's astrology. Mm-hmm. So before, you know, Christianity started to shit on astrology for, for really great political reasons, um, it was an integrated part of cultures, all mm-hmm. cultures, yeah. because it was the stars. Yeah. And... It was scholars who studied astrology. And there are still scholars studying astrology and writing about astrology. Um, And more and more now, um, there's people who are like me who are not scholars, who are practitioners. And it used to be that practitioners only worked with kings, you know, only worked with nobility. Um, But now, any any fucker can talk to an astrologer, uh, which is kind of cool. I mean, you know, it's... The, the kind of like, there are many astrologers, probably most astrologers are really into mythology. I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm really interested in um, the pragmatics. So like when you mentioned Saturn, it's like last night at my talk, I talked about like Darth Vader or Mary Poppins as related to Saturn because I am not interested in a mythology that doesn't touch my material, 
modern life. Absolutely. You know? I want to know yeah. how astrology is affecting or how I am yes. affected today. Yes, 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 yes. And about, a yeah. lot of people get a lot of value from knowing, you know, Greek myths and stuff like that. Um, and it's really powerful and moving and people are very touched by how old it is and mm-hmm. closer to, you know, it's not a science, but closer to the science of where it comes from. Personally, me, eh, I don't care. Uh, and now my Montreal is showing, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I definitely feel, I definitely feel like... Um, the rules work. Yeah. You know, I I have very infrequently con- consulted with someone based on a birth chart and been wrong and mm-hmm. not helped them. Yeah. Very infrequently. And it's happened. And honestly, when it's happened, I think it is more an issue of the two of us not being a good match interpersonally. Okay. Um, and the way I speak and the way I, I, I consult not being a match for them, which is an inevitable part of yeah. any job, right? Well, I think that's why probably you have such a, a huge following because you use it. It's it's anchored in reality and yeah. it's anchored in... It seems to be very anchored in a, this is what you are going through and this is your free will. Yeah. And you don't need to know what your partner's moon sign is because that might fuck you up. You need to go out and have a human connection. And I think that really speaks to yeah. a lot of people. Astrology at the moment is having its its time yeah. in the sun. Yeah. Um, it's, it's becoming a little bit niche, I find, for... For millennials and also in a great way, like the LGBTQIA community and just at the, you know, you could just tell last night at your event there were like loads of different people yeah. from Christians yeah. to, to gender fluid people. Like, I've, has it always been that way? Yeah, it, it has. has. It has. I mean, it's part of why I moved to San Francisco to be an astrologer mm-hmm. because, you know, it. When it, it, so I moved in 94 and I started seeing clients in 95. Um, and um, it was for the first many years, my only clients were queers and activists and artists, mm-hmm. social workers. Mm-hmm. That was it. And that's partially the people that I had access to. And it was partially just those demographics have always been more open mm-hmm. because they've been rejected by conventional either they have been rejected by or they themselves have rejected conventional religion mm-hmm. right um queer people have always sought out astrology always um and that's and in particular queer women mm-hmm. um and it is because i mean what what church what mosque what synagogue are you gonna go to riddle me that you know yeah. um th- there is none and and i also think it's i mean astrology is democratic Right, you can apply whatever your spiritual value systems are onto it. Um, it doesn't come with a spiritual value system, you know. It that's not what it is. And you said last night how you can, you can go to astrology, then you can put it away for a little bit, and then yep. you can go to the next yep. woo or yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, for for a lot of people, I think um, finding access to the divine. Um, is laden because they were raised with religion that was oppressive to them or repressive to them. Um, religion comes with a lot of hangups and I'm not against religion, I'm, you know, at all. Um, but I, I do believe that, you know, it just comes with a lot of hangups and a lot of judgments towards women in general, queers, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, there are a lot of reasons to mistrust mm-hmm. religious institutions and there is no institution with astrology. Yeah. And right away, you win a lot of hearts and minds that way. Absolutely. And also, you know, let's also be real, you know, in terms of this moment that astrology is having, it's clickbait. And clickbait's a brand new thing. Mm-hmm. And brands and corporations that have zero interest in the integrity or the authenticity of astrology are just like, oh shit, you'll come to my website and I can have, you know, banner ads mm-hmm. and like pay an astrologer like 60 bucks and make thousands on it chill I'll do that like so let's not be idealistic about some of the moment is um you know it's just capitalism in motion being Mm -hmm. responsive to what the customer wants not being responsive to like spirituality (laughs) you know they're not interested in democratic spirituality they're interested in getting clicks and astrology is constantly shifting and changing right it's like every day there's movement in the planets and so there's always something new to say and it's personalized to you. You're a Gemini, it's personalized to you. You're a Capricorn, it's personalized to you. And I think that that's really fascinating, you know? And like, the just in the past couple of years, I've, you know, 
publications that I would never have guessed would have astrology writers or articles about astrology are all of a sudden doing it, you know? And, um, I, the guardian sent someone to my studio to like write about and take photos of a reading I did with, um, with someone. And it's just like, you would never have seen that two years ago, let alone Even five years ago or 10 years, years ago. ago. Yeah, two That's years ago. wild. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah, it is bananas. And you know, the positive, there's a lot of positive about it. And then just like with every fad, um, you know, it's going to have, it's, it's going to have its, its yeah. shelf life. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And also it'll have its backlash yeah. because when all you see is astrology memes, you're not seeing astrology. Yeah. And then what happens is people can easily say, oh, that's stupid. It's not real. And so, I, you know, it's because it's my life's work and because I really am interested in, in maintaining and preserving its integrity and because I use it as a tool for helping people, I'm very concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm not an idealist and I am excited that people are excited about it. So it's just messy and complicated like everything else. I think a lot of like other older capitalist patriarchal systems are are people are realizing that they're failing them like it's no longer sustainable for a lot of people and more and more these days one of the good things about social media these days is that you you we are allowed to come out as who we are and we are allowed to be interested in these more esoteric things that Mm -hmm. back in the day you were a tree hugger hippie totally yes and we're allowed to more and more be who we are and it's a it's a very proud moment yeah. for 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 people-ish mm-hmm. on on the internet let's say absolutely on the internet yeah. <laughs> right so i yeah. think so i think more and more people are coming out as i i love astrology and i love the woo and i'm yeah. really into this shit yeah. this is really cool and i think the 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 beauty of the way that you're using it and other astrologers like Chani Nicholas are using it is you're using it for activism mm-hmm. and you're and like i said before it's really based on reality and how can we use it today not just for our own uh, guidance but to help everyone around us for our whole environment and you specifically did a a, a podcast the other day or a few months ago on physical beauty. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is so relevant. Yes. Today. And I think, uh, you know, we can't, and no one can escape the wrath of societal yeah. and uh, pressures on physical beauty, especially women. Yeah. And you used astrology to talk about physical beauty and how we present ourselves and your physical self in mm-hmm. the world. What I thought was really interesting, you have your show on TLC and you said, you know, 15 years ago, I never thought that anybody would mm-hmm. want me on their television screen. Yeah. And I was just like, well, here we are. Here this we are. Is, this is... I mean, five years ago. Five years ago. I mean, honestly, two years ago. I never would have thought that. And, and you know, the thing that's really cool about astrology is when I look at a person's birth chart, I can see who gets hella play. I can see who gets hella attention. I can see who dates a lot. Without and that's even without seeing them. It's not about how you love. Yeah. The reality is, you know, I was walking home from the main, I was walking to my hotel from the main last night, 1 a.m., freezing cold, like minus one degrees, zero degrees, <laughs> so cold. And I, I mean, Montreal, fucking love Montreal. Everybody's out. There's just like, I mean, so many people out. But within those throngs of people, are these girls in these tiny little skirts with and tank tops. Oh, yeah. And I remember that from when I used to live here, just like dressed as though it was like a balmy L.A. night. Oh, yeah. In freezing cold temperatures. Um, and, you know, and I just wanted to like make eye contact with each and every one of them and be like, girl, you will get love and get laid if you're wearing a parka. It's okay. But it's like, whatever. We all make our choices and that's cool. I mean, whatever. Fuck. You know, it's it's not mine to judge. But it's... It actually like style and the way you look is so important and very aesthetic. And also, it doesn't mean a fucking thing. Mm. It really doesn't. It's nothing to do with how lovable you are. Sad to say, it has to do with how much attention you'll get. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, everyone who's an adult knows attention and love are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not the same thing. And if you're wanting attention, Aging will become a very painful process for you mm-hmm. because being a cute girl is cute, but eventually you're going to get called grandma whether or not you have kids. It's such, um, it's something that I've struggled with 
my entire life and I, and so many of my friends, I'm not alone in that, even though sometimes I feel as though I'm alone in that. Um, I, I'm an actor and so like I'm, you know, public, public face and public self and, um, what advice, and, and I have a lot of actor friends obviously, and this is something that concerns us, especially as we're like in our mid thirties now and getting, getting there and things aren't in the body aren't feeling the same as they did before. Yeah. And, uh, and, but also coming into our own and accepting who we are, but I don't know, do you have any Jessica advice or astrology advice mm-hmm. on how we can individually and just societally get yeah. over ourselves for fuck's sake? I mean, it's not even about being over yourself because the reality is um, we live in a highly aesthetic, listen, we live in a patriarchal society in which women are judged based on looking like little girls. We are, we are given candy for being little and being fuckable. Mm-hmm. And let's not be idealistic, right? You know, the older you get, the less fuckable you are mm-hmm. by the male standard. And, right. um, and so are there less jobs? Yeah. Are there less interesting jobs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is a real thing. And so I think that, that you know, it's like important to, to acknowledge that there is, um, you're not, it's not just personal. It's not like get over yourself. It's all that, you know, we live in a fucked up society and this is something you have to deal with. And also, um, if your destiny is to get on a stage or get in front of a camera or whatever it is, apparently it's going to happen one way or another, right? right? So it's yeah. like, this is where, this is an opportunity to actually use your spiritual values and your sense of faith or your sense of connectedness to a bigger picture and to apply it to your scary, shameful feelings and thoughts. Yeah. And everybody is shame about how they look. And, you know, the most beautiful, self-possessed, stylish people that I work with have low self-esteem just as much as the people who are not conventionally pretty. Yeah. And absolutely. the truth is... Being conventionally pretty or acceptable does not in any way equal happy mm-hmm. or love or anything. Mm-hmm. It just equals what it is. Pretty is as pretty does is just pretty. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to be pretty? Yeah. Everybody wants to be pretty. It's about recognizing the messiness of it and giving yourself latitude to have messy feelings about it, but trying to return to the sense of, I am not here for somebody else's consumption. I'm here to find a good friendship with myself mm-hmm. and my aging face and body. Absolutely. And it's so much harder when you're an actor. It's so much harder when you are somebody who will get jobs based on how you look on mm-hmm. in part. And that's what acting is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you're going to get a role for the woman that is castable for what you are based on these stupid people's thoughts. Maybe they're smart. I don't fucking yeah. know. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think that... I have always been very self-aware that my particular job allows me to be a crone. And in <laughs> fact, when I, when I was younger, the archetype, people, right? yeah, yeah. When I was younger, people would be really disappointed at how young I was. Mm. And, um, men who would come in would like back away when they saw me, mm. they wouldn't want to interact with me. They wanted me to be like an old lady in crushed velvet, purple, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They wanted me to be this archetype because it's easier to talk about vulnerable things with an older woman. Right. Um, and so for me, I've chosen a career path that just so happens to let me be an old ass bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about that. You have not. Um, so sorry. <laughs> but I think, but like you said yesterday, you know, when you read people's charts, uh, the most fucked up charts yeah. have produced the most uh, amazingly creative people. And hundred percent. And you know, if we just we have to use these struggles to just become better, more yeah. empathetic, compassionate people and that can do glorious wonderful things agreed and within that it's like hopefully there will be more women writers and directors and then we'll have not just the girlfriend the mother the sister Mm -hmm. the ex-girlfriend and the barista like i would love to see more roles for women right and i would like to see men write their little roles and then just last minute decide, fuck it, I'm going to have a woman play this role I thought was a man. Ab- oh, I mean, yeah. could, wouldn't that just be like Something radical I'm... and simple? Like, yeah. you don't have to change anything except for who you cast. Does this police officer have to be a man? So yeah. simple. So yeah. simple. Yeah. Does does the like, why CEO have to be a man? Does the like <laughs> evil whatever? I mean, it just seems so simple. But 
it's not because they've never had to think about it. And I think that we're in this really dynamic time yeah. that is forcing people and to, to, to look at these things. And I think mm-hmm. that we, we have options within that. And, you know, I think your industry is poised for change, yeah, you know, just as much as every other industry. Yeah. I yeah. agree. So fingers crossed on that. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Good totes, piece of advice. Totes, yeah. So one of the big things about me doing this podcast is about failure. And I think mm. it's so important to celebrate women's success, but I think it's also important to see what happens behind closed doors yes. and, and in the deep, dark days. Just really quickly, Jessica, do you, do you have, are there any perceived failures that you've been through that actually turned out to be great openings yeah. for yourself? Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll first generally say the first book that I really wanted to write that I knew I couldn't be my first book is called In Praise of Failure. Um, I've already titled yeah. it um, because I am a passionate advocate of failure. Yeah. And the reason why is failure is only failure when you don't learn, right? Um, not succeeding or not getting the desired outcome is what we call failure, but that's mm-hmm. actually not what a failure is, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I've had lots of failures, uh, the end of a seven and a half year relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, I've had, I've had a lot of opportunities that I thought I should get that I didn't get, or that I wanted to make happen that didn't make happen. Oh, and none of them None of them are what I needed. Yeah. None of them harmed me. That is something to remember every single day, mm-hmm. I think. That opportunity that you want, uh, that you think is going to serve you, and actually it doesn't because the thing that actually happened is the thing that Correct. you needed to... That's exactly yeah. it. That's exactly yeah. it. And also, you know, I um, personally, I would say my most consistent form of failure, like the, the thing I most consistently fail at... Um, is perspective and boundaries, which is why I am obsessively talking about perspective and boundaries because it's my goddamn work. Um, I, you speak a little bit about perspective. mm -hmm. Um, I can be really perfectionistic and, uh, intense workaholic. Hmm. And if I had greater perspective, I would pace myself out better. Um, I would, um, employ better self care. Um, I, I would kind of do the energy work on myself Mm -hmm. that I need to do to have a higher quality of life Mm -hmm. and not doing those things are all lack of perspective Mm. because I get caught up in the details of, I want to, you know, I want to come here and I want to do this and then I want to do that. And then I have to do some writing and then I want to like, and then what do I do to to calm down? I go on Instagram (laughs) and there's like dozens of DMS and I want to respond to them all because I want to be nice. And like, I want people to feel good because I know how it feels to reach out to someone and want to connect with them. And then they don't, that you can see that they saw your message and they didn't respond. It just oh, feels like, that's, mah, mah, oh, and then, and then you end up, and then it, there's the opposite of like, oh, I'm not going to read anything and yeah. I'm not just, I'm not going to be online. I'm not going to do any of the yeah. things. And then you feel like you're missing out and it's a big circle. Yeah. What yeah. are, are your practices astrology based? What are oh, your no. care practices? No, no, no. no, not at all. Um, astrology doesn't, isn't a care tool for me. I, okay. I don't know how it could be. I, I guess it was at one point. Um, my self-care tools are, you know, I get asked this a fair amount and it's always hard for me to talk about because a lot of it's energy work and, um, you know, people are like, well, how do I do energy work? And that's just kind of like, (laughs) well, you put your hand here. Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah, It's it's not, it's not like a, it's not a material action. So, and it's for you as well. It's so, that kind of stuff is so personal. Yeah. yeah, It's personal. Yeah. Um, and it's also, you know, I don't want to tell the internet how to take steps that require first embodiment. Mm-hmm. So without embodiment, you ain't doing shit. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking thoughts, you know, and, and most people don't have embodiment or we have it for 30 seconds and we lose it. Yeah. And I know from doing, being in session with people, I have them, you know, try to get present and they get present. I'm like, Oh, okay. So you're like a quarter of the way in your body and I can see it and I can feel it. And I can see how people are like thinking, Oh, am I doing it? Am I doing it? And like, that just means you're not doing it. Right. Unfortunately. So it's just one of those things, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a life practice. Some people are really organically good at it. Most people are not. Mm -hmm. Um, especially people who live in cities and have jobs Mm -hmm. and kids and stuff. And heady jobs. Like it's not, yeah. Yeah. Get into your body. Yeah. Yeah, It's really tough. Your business from the outside Mm -hmm. look like it's kind of like completely taken off. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
did you have a plan or did it happen organically? Ah, interesting. Uh, did I have a plan? Uh, no, no plan. <laughs> I mean, yes, I had a plan based on my consulting practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could never have planned for um, astrology being so popular. Mm. And because astrology is so popular, there's all of a sudden jobs. And these jobs are from brands that have access to like millions of people. And they kind of allow millions of people to have access to me. And I couldn't have seen that coming and I couldn't have planned for it. Now, yeah. I I do have business plans, but they're all service-based. So like I built this app and it took almost a year and it cost me a ton of money. Oh my God. I love your app, by Thank the you way. So much. Tiny Spark. And I had a friend over recently and we were drinking wine and... And I was like, okay, let's check out the app. And I said to her, don't use it compulsively. That's what Jessica says. And she was like, okay, what should I have for dinner? Okay, should I call this person? I was like, okay, don't use it compulsively. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't (laughs) only works when you like bring When you're grounded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So whenever I'm not grounded and somehow I know it, it says try it again. I always get onto that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, we worked hard on this one. But the, you know, the business plan was I just spent thousands of dollars on something that will never make me a single penny and I know that I could add put ads in it and I also know it would interrupt the energy of the thing so I'm not doing that at this time um I I mean and maybe I'll be in a situation where I well I will have to do that or I will choose to do that but I you know so some a lot of my business plan is service Mm -hmm. you know and what I'm trying to figure out is how to um sustain that and hopefully get paid for that without Mm -hmm. it having to come from the user of it right so it's like ads on the podcast as an example of that um and that's you know it's a it's a new economy it's a new world um and i'm you know kind of feeling around the dark to figure out how to make that work i don't have like um a proper business plan at all Mm -hmm. um or, or anything i just for a couple of years i just i could feel like at the end of my 30s that the the amount of one-on-one counseling I was doing wasn't sustainable. It was hard on my body. Um, I wasn't doing a lot of writing yet. Um, I had an advice column and a weekly column, but that was it. And um, I, yeah, I just was like, I I have to find another way to to earn money because this isn't, I don't want to just do one-on-one counseling for for, until I'm 70s, right? And so I started trying to figure it out and nothing happened. And I was really confused for about three years. And it, I'd never been confused about what to do with, for mm. a living before. It was my wow. first time. It was the end of my 30s and it started my 40s. And there was no answer. And then I started, you know, having opportunities emerge. And I was like, I'm going to try everything. Mm-hmm. And then um, nothing failed mm. properly. Um, so that TLC show, they just did one season. Nothing much happened with it. Um, but I don't perceive that as at all failure. It was Not like a all. really fun experience for me. And I met lovely people and I got to create it was the first astrology show of its kind you know and so awesome yeah thank you and it was really um what was so cool about it is the woman who made it um showrunner I think is the technical term um she let me give real astrology you know she let me do the real thing so sometimes she would ask me to do something and I'd be like I know what you're asking me for let me give you the real deal. And if you don't like it, I'll give you what you're asking for. Right. And she let me do that. And she let me keep the real That's deal. Great. Yeah, it was so cool. And the problem with astrology is people don't know what it's was possible. So they don't ask for the right thing. Mm. And the problem yeah. with a lot of astrologers is we don't want to, you know, we're like, thank you for letting me be here. And we don't like interrupt You don't want to impose. Yeah. 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 That's so. interesting about asking, asking the right questions. It's a big part when, of what I do. When yeah. you're looking at that. Uh, can you just answer really quickly? Yeah. Uh, what's something that people don't know about you? Oh, huh. Shit. How do I answer that quickly? What do people not know about me? Uh, I mean a lot of things because I'm really private. (laughs) Uh, what do people not know about me? I mean, they know everything about my cat if they follow me on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've gotten this feedback since doing the podcast that I'm a really positive person which I find to be very surprising and weird. Uh, I'm a very negative person. Hmm. Uh, so maybe that's my answer. Is mm. <laughs> I know uh, it was interesting watching you speak yesterday in uh, in person and maybe in a more like sort of intimate space and with an audience. Mm-hmm. It wasn't at all like your, not at all. It wasn't completely different, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like your podcast. I yeah. felt like, 
uh, it was it was definitely like a different side of you that came out like a whippersnapper. <laughs> I don't know, is that a word whippersnapper? But like there's like you're like super witty and like really you're really <laughs> thank funny. You. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> not you. that you're yeah. not funny on the podcast, but yeah. you're you're deli- you know you're you're doing what the podcast calls yeah. for, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, this was like your your yeah your wit came out and it was really enjoyable <laughs> thank to you. watch. Thank it was you like much. a really delightful thank you. thing to that. watch. But I've I have been accused in my one-on-one sessions of being a stand-up comic as an astrologer, just because I feel like I'm back to Mary Poppins. Like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So yeah. I used to just like give people all the information that they needed and they would stagger out and they couldn't use the data. Yeah. And I really do find that humor um, helps us integrate difficult truths. And yeah. when we kind of hear something heavy and then we're able to laugh a minute later, it kind of relaxes us, which allows it to integrate better. Oh, for sure. So yeah. so that that is a big part of it. But I, I you know, um, and maybe this isn't something people don't know, I don't know, but I'm constantly thinking about the terrible political situation we're in. And I'm constantly thinking about either how helpless I feel and how mm-hmm. hopeless I feel or what can I do or what mm-hmm. can I help others to do. It's really like the underpinnings of so much of what I do and it's why I started my podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I just have to say on that note that I think that your podcast is extremely helpful and you. you delve into so many tough subjects. You talk about abortion you talk about mother-daughter relationships you 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 talk about suicide Mm -hmm. and I think what you're doing is really serving and I think and I understand everybody spins off with what's going down in the in the world in the planet Mm -hmm. these days and I think it it, there's a collective depression but but I think that you know what you're doing, you're doing what you're doing. And I think it's really important. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'll add to that, you know, just on this topic of like, what do people not know about me is that I I hope that's true. And I'd love to hear that that's true. And also I can't help but think of all the things I'm not doing. Of course. Because you know, the people that I'm listening to and that I'm turning to are doing 700 times more than me and they're doing more direct action. And so this is where this this like practice what you preach thing comes up for me because it's about not comparing myself to political activists yeah. and actually social activists because I'm neither of those things. It's not my skill set. It's not my life experience. It's not where I'm wise and impactful. And you wouldn't necessarily thrive no, either if that's what you're doing. And I couldn't help people the same way because... If, you know, and, and when people say that I'm an activist, you know, my first thought is always, no, I'm not. Let me give you some names, but um, a real activist. But but there is a form of spiritual activism mm-hmm. that is not devoid from social justice work and political facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I think that um, I really do believe that in times of tragedy, it is our spiritual values that will inspire us to stand up against tyranny and take risks for others. Mm-hmm. And it, it is our spiritual values that when things are really, really dark, um, light us up. And when we feel devoid of any hope um, is when we're the biggest assholes. And so, you know, my, my motive is to help people to cultivate emotional intelligence that allows them to make difficult choices when it would be the most tempting to turn away or make bad choices. Mm -hmm. And um, I make an effort to not talk about politics in every episode because I don't want to turn people away. I want people to stay present. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, that's like an important part of how I, how I work. And then, you know, sometimes I really struggle with my not talking about politics enough. But everything is political. Correct. Uh, right. And this is where the I come back around. The food you eat yeah. is political. The way you buy your clothes yeah. is pl- everything. Yeah. Is how you talk about your mother in public, whether or not you yeah. get an abortion. Yeah. I mean, all the things. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I've been counseling people full time since 1999. And, um, you've seen a lot of people. I've seen thousands of people. Yeah. And I, you know, the topic of abortion and the topic of, you know, borderline personality disorder or suicide, Mm. or, I mean, the list goes on of things I've talked about on the show. I've talked about countless times with people, Mm -hmm. you know, people who are dead and people who are living Yeah, and, um, you know, more with people who are living except for the suicide thing. Um, but I, so, so for me, I know that these topics are taboo and really difficult for people. And also 
it's, it's all my life has been is talking about these topics. And so I, I think part of what I try to offer with the podcast is also just a normalization of these conversations. Yeah. Um, and weekly I kind of really struggle with like, well, what do people think? And I, I, I don't, you know, everybody's listening from their own yeah. little bubble. And I see on Instagram, people are listening from their bathtubs and their cars and with yeah. their pet lizard or whatever. And it's adorable and wonderful. And also, you know, at a certain point, we just kind of, whether you're an actor or, you know, what I do, whatever it is, it's like, you kind of got to let go of like, how's it going to be received? And you just got to hold on to, is it an integrity for me? Yeah. And that's the constant conversation I'm having with myself. And it is an uncomfortable, vulnerable, humble conversation. Mm -hmm. Like that one thing you referred to about talking about beauty. Um, I put out a couple episodes about that. Mm. It was when Venus was retrograde. Yeah. And the first episode I got, you know, a DM from somebody who was just like, I don't like the way you handled this at all. And I had a plan. I had a plan. I was a very kind of like straight approach. And then my plan was to drop a second episode about it from more of a queer and gender queer perspective. But, Mm -hmm. uh, this person was like, you know, you, you really have alienated me as a gender queer person. And like, we talked about it. It was really useful. Um, and you know, you can't be all the things to all the people and you can't do all the things right at all the times. And And it's hard. And when you're in the public eye like that, uh, for some reason you're put on a pedestal and you become the sort of like stalwart for people, like the go to, but yes, you you make mistakes and that's just one podcast. And like, you can't have everybody's idea in your head all the time. Absolutely. And also a 30 minute podcast in which I spent 15 minutes on that topic, but also, um, their, their feedback and criticism, I will say was really useful. And at first I had a defensive response because I felt bad because I didn't want to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And because I specifically wanted to be right about this topic. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to be supportive and kind. And then we actually talked about it. I like moved beyond my defense and like we had a real conversation and they were right. And also they didn't know I had a, plan in Mm -hmm. place um and you know so so it was a useful conversation i really enjoyed that conversation and it actually helped to make the subsequent episode that i dropped better Mm -hmm. um luckily i shouldn't say this too much uh, knock on wood i haven't had a lot of like shit from the podcast i expected when i dropped the abortion episode to get hate mail none weird Mm -hmm. none um but um i will say that and this is maybe off topic of what you brought up, but when people reach out and they're like, this kind of troubled me, can we talk about it? Or like, I have a question for you about what your intention was or whatever. Um, Like I was using the word dink for a while because I think it's like kind of like, it's like a silly, like it's kind of an East Coast, like I feel like Vermont, Quebec, like we use that word. It's just like a whatever, it's like saying jerk. Yeah. But somebody was like, I noticed you use this word a lot and it's actually a racist term. And I was like, what? And it's like, an anti-Vietnamese slur from the 60s. Wow. So this person's grandparent used it. I had no idea, so I just stopped using it. But it's like, when because that person said it to me in a way that wasn't like, fuck you, how dare you use this term? I I don't think it's a widely used term. No, but... but They were creating a conversation and and taking time to educate you, and that's fine in a delicate way. Yes, let's learn together. Let's not assume that your allies, when they make a mistake, are now your enemies. Let's instead assume that we can we can uh, share. Yeah, we can share and invite each other in instead of call each other out. And if you invite me in and I am shitty to you in the doorway, kick me out. Call me (laughs) out. That's cool. Yeah. But but to start with the call out. When someone has established themselves as your ally or somebody who's trying to be your ally, I think is, um, it's not productive and it, and it is a reflection of an intolerance of the process. Mm-hmm. And again, this is where I come back to where we are as a society. And what I touched on last night was how, because Saturn and Pluto are in Capricorn, this is only going to get worse, is that if we are in progressive culture and in counterculture on the left, and we want to say that fundamentalism is bad and, you know, forcing everyone to be, you know, straight and Christian and mm. all the and Republican is bad. But then we're going to be fundamentalist about how, how bad it is. Then what is the fucking difference? Yeah, it's aesthetic. No yeah. yeah. It's aesthetic. And so I think it's, it, but this is a tricky thing because a lot of times when people are in pain or when they first learn something, they swing towards fundamentalism. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a natural process. And so 
you know, like as a counselor, I can hold space for that. Mm -hmm. And then as a person in the world, it's harder, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, you know, we're just all, we're all trying. We're all just trying trying. our best. And I think what you're doing with your podcast and using your skills and your knowledge of astrology and simplifying it for people mm-hmm. uh, is just you're doing it in a really skillful way, thank and you. I think it can it can really help to heal. Thank you, a lot. I really so thank you so that. much for your podcast. Thank you. One tiny last question. Sure. One word answer. Oh shit. Maybe two. Okay. If there's an apostrophe. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jessica is a vehicle for. Amazing seeing glasses. That's not what you wanted. Uh, but it's like three words. That was three words. A glorious weave. Wait, that was also three words. Uh, wait. Uh, shit. Shit. Don't think about it too much. Be embodied. Cat loving. What's that? Cat loving. Cat loving. That was hyphenated. That's okay. <laughs> Jessica, thank you so much thank for, you for being on the podcast. Me. It was so wonderful. We didn't speak any French, but thank you, Debenner. <laughs> <laughs> there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite word. Yeah.